This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey everybody, I had the pleasure of catching up with an old friend of mine today, Travi McCoy, lead vocalist for Gym Class Heroes. We dove in deep and broke down their 2006 smash hit, Cupid's Chokehold. Travi shares how the track was the first time ever that the group used a sample of another song in one of theirs, the hook being the chorus from the 1979 Supertramp hit, Breakfast in America, and what inspired him to want to sample that particular song. I mentioned how there were several hooks within this song that are all equally important to the sum of their parts, and how cool it is that the lyrics are autobiographical and come straight from the heart. Travi name drops who he wrote the song about, and why he felt the need to reference both of his parents in the lyrics. We talk about how the song was recorded twice and the reasons why he feels that the song became so successful. We also reminisce a bit about the early days of Gym Class Heroes, the tours we did together with Less Than Jake, and the insane amount of fun we had. And I stumped yet another guest here on Krista Makes a Podcast. Travi was surprised and shocked to learn that the video for Cupid's Chokehold is just shy of 100 million views. Insane. For all this and much more, stay tuned. Hey! Well, you know, for my listeners, I have known Travi. Geez, we, you know, before the song we're going to talk about here uh, blew up, uh, we did a lot of tour in less than Jake. And you took us on our first like real tour, you know what I'm saying? And and while we're talking about it, I remember going into it and people were just like, yo, like less than Jake fans, like don't fuck with anybody else but less than Jake. And I'm like horrified, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but then, 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 you know, like I got a little, I was like, you know what? Everybody we've toured with hated us. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't want to say, well, their fans hated us until the show was over. And they're like, oh, you know, they're, they're not that bad. So I was I was mortified, like, going into that tour, the first tour we did with you guys. But that was also my first time on a tour bus. You know what I mean? And, like, hanging out with you and Vinny and, and doing bong rips with you and, 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 and talking shit with Vinny about toys. It was just like, yo, like, this is everything I want. You know what I mean? Although we were still in the van with the trailer, like, seeing what we could do was it was the biggest like all right man like we could we can make this happen you know what i'm saying and not only that but like your fans embraced the shit out of us like well i was i i gotta stop you there I, you know i was gonna say you guys got uh had a great response i thought from our fans mm-hmm. you know we do have loyal fans to this day but uh 
you, you, you guys went over well and you're such an interesting band that, yeah. uh, it wasn't surprising. I mean, there was just elements of rock, funk, soul, rap. You guys were kind of all over the place, but, but, at the, but at the same time it was cohesive and, uh, and people loved it. So, um, we were you know, kind of like the, we were kind of like the, we are the world of, uh, you know, <laughs> the scene at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you've got me like this, this, this huge six, foot six mutt you know haitian irish and you got the sashi straight from africa matt is the most white bread american dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? it was just like what, what are these dudes like you, know you were one of the more unusual bands i came across in, in very, my very years unusual. <laughs> yep not not gonna lie um but i always loved you guys and loved loved you as a performer as a person uh you know the first time i saw you i said this, this guy's got it he's a star I yeah, man, you you always had it. So, um, uh, Travi uh, picked uh, Cupid's Chokehold to talk about today. Which, man, this tune—I mean, you you could not escape this song in two thousand six, two thousand seven. It was literally everywhere. And you know, Travi, I'm old enough uh, to remember uh, Breakfast in America by Supertramp. Uh, the the oh, hook of the hook of this song. And I want to start there. Um, how did that come about? Was that, was that something that you or, or the band uh, decided to, to sample or, or how, how did that, uh, how did that begin? And, and, or was the song already, you know, kind of, you had the song done and you were looking for a hook and that came after. Uh, yeah. No, like in, in I'll dig a little, I'll dig a little deep in this because sure. Me and me and my, 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 my dad's a bass player, you know what I mean? And, well, he, he's he's a welder by trade, you know what I'm saying? Like he he ran a welding company for he worked at a welding company for 40 years, you know what I'm saying? And so that was his thing. But like he always played bass whenever you know, he'd work, you know, like 12 hour days and then come home and just play bass for four hours until he went to sleep, you know what I mean? So and he played with a couple bands, you know, local bands and and shit. And him and his friend Butch uh, used to get together and, and play together all the time. So music was very, very, very huge in my household growing up. And so my dad had a huge record collection. And this song in particular, I was like, I was always like, Dad, play the record with the fat lady on the cover. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to hear that. Remember, she was like the, the waitress. Like on the yeah. Uh -huh. And I was like, play the record with the fat lady. And like, he played it for me. And I was like, and that song always stuck out to me for some reason. So... Cuba's Choco was our first venture into sampling. So, you know, we got we we got Patrick later on. I mean, that's 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 we'll talk about that later, but Sure, sure. The original version of Cuba's Choco, we actually sampled Breakfast in America. We we took the sample and my man shout out to my man Cy One, my man Steve, he was my college roommate and he's a, a producer and we took the sample. So um, it, we were actually on our way to on our way to Iowa to do a show of Fall Out Boy right before we recorded. We recorded this entire song in about, I mean, Doug would probably tell you different, but I'd say within two hours we had this song done. Like, wow. Like, but the original version had the real sample from, from, from uh, Breakfast in America. And... Then it was like, you know, like when 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 things kind of progressed, we we're like, uh, well, I don't think this is gonna work. We're not gonna get this cleared. So we had Patrick re-sing it. That was our first venture into sampling. And originally it was gonna be, Don't you look at my girlfriend? She's the only one I got. For some reason, Side he he took the wrong sample. It was like, 
take a look at my girl. But for some reason, it was like, it works, I guess. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to be like, kind of like, motherfucker, don't look at my girl. Like, I'll kill you. But take a look at my girl was more like, all right, you can look at her, but I'll still fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, so, yeah, I mean, this this is the same, uh, you know, exact lyric uh, from from Super Tramp, and mm-hmm. and it does and it does work. Um, mm-hmm. I did notice when I went back to reference the original song, I, I hadn't heard it in a minute, um, that your version is sped up a couple clicks. Oh, I, absolutely, I did, absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. Exactly. It, it's a, it's a, it's a very you know like like the, it's a very slow song, like you know what I mean, like sure. you look at my girlfriend and i was like you know that's cool but like i I felt like if we kept it at that tempo my verses would sound like ridiculously slow you know what i'm saying it had to have be a little more danceable for sure Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that struck me was I I noticed and I went back to listen to the original because I I couldn't remember if it was there or not. Um, Mm -hmm. Did who thought of the hook, uh, the Baba Dada's all those throughout the song? Well, That was me, me inside. Like we were like, how are we going to start this shit off? We can't, we can't start off with a, take a look at my girl. It was like, we got to fucking, and, and so, you you know, the Baba Dada's is that, that's the bridge part. Like Baba Dada. Da, 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 da. It's more actually like a more B chorus part, but like da, 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 da. right. That I was like, wait a minute, we can use that to start the song off with. You know what I mean? It's, it, it honestly, it came from you know. I don't know if you guys if you guys are familiar with Pharrell's production, but he does that boom, 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 boom in front of every song. So it's like da da da. So that that came from 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 the Neptunes, like for sure, like right. And yeah, I'll tell you what I love about that, and it's so interesting. Uh, you know, when I started this podcast, deconstructing songs, it's mm-hmm. so interesting. Hit songs, what make them? It's it, and, and it, this song has so much to it that that makes it a hit. But there's all these little things that add up, and this is yeah. just another hook in this song. The song wouldn't be this song without this ba ba da da part. It just wouldn't. I can't, Chris. I can't tell you how many times I like I've been, you know, just walking, like you know, after after Cubas blew up, and I would just be walking, and I would like hear people behind me like ba da da da. Like I, I can't, but like, but I mean, what better way to start a song with with a simple ass ba da da da? You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 kind of like repeating it. You're like, wait a minute, like it, it totally sets the song up. You know what I mean? It, like, it it does, and it's it's those little. You know, some songs just have the one hook. Like the verse is not that great, the pre-chorus mm-hmm. isn't great, but the chorus is so good that it makes it a hit. And then there's other songs that it's it's the sum of all its parts. And I feel that's what uh, what Cupid's choke is and it's this song's really really fascinating to me just from the the sample aspect you said it was the first uh song the very you, first song that we yeah um i've band. i've never sampled songs i i don't that's not something that i do and I, I i find it fascinating the the initial idea of what sparked that and, and you said it was it was going through your your dad's collection as a kid and always yeah. always loving the hook of this song loved it like i like was obsessed with it i was just like yo like like and well, it wasn't a hook until we made it a hook. You know, that's that's the that's the first verse. Like, right? Would you look at my girlfriend, or, or take a look at my girlfriend? That's the beginning of the verses. So I was like, 
to me, it always felt like a hook. You know what I mean? And I was like, yo, there's a there's a way we can finesse this and make it cool and like and again, you know, like with it being our first venture into sampling, um, us kind of being like this weird like hip hop. I don't want to say hip hop rock band because I I hate that fucking term like rock hip hop whatever like we're just the band you know what I'm saying like at the end of the day like and definitely uh you know what I mean like like rock and and I mean I don't, I don't want to say rock rock funk reggae everything has always yeah it's 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 always been in our DNA as a band you know what I mean but I felt like the beginning of those verses were so hooky you know what I mean and I was just like. Hmm, we can do this shit. And especially this being our first venture into sampling, let's go in and 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 really like and and beyond that, this was like the first song that I personally as a songwriter was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna study structure. I'm gonna study, you know what I mean, like like how pop songs are made. And um Interesting. So you know, so so I knew like, all right, I'm gonna do you know, my verses, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we got the intro, we got the hook, I'm going to do my verses and I'm going to make sure there's, you know, there's, there's a, a pre-chorus, blah, 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 all this shit. And, and it was the first time that I ever like really applied what I had studied, you know what I'm saying? And go figure, it was our biggest, you know, one of our biggest hits ever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's something I've always loved about your band and I've been asked before, especially early on when we were touring together was, you know, like people would say, well, what are they like? Gym class heroes. And I could never really describe you guys. And that, because you guys were just again in a great in a great I mean this in a great way uh, yeah. all over the place stylistically you know is it rock is it funk is it soul there's some rap but it's not really rap it's more like a flow delivery thing you yeah. know <laughs> and, and it, that gave us like it literally gave us free range to do whatever the fuck we wanted to you know what I'm saying well, yeah. you were able to play with all these different kinds of bands too and open yeah. up to a different audience you could play in front of a less than Jake crowd play in front of fallout boy we play with fucking every time I die we Played with hate breed. We played with fucking fear before the march of flames. And I mean, like we we opened up for feminist slam poets. Like you know what I'm saying? Who were like, all right, this song sucks, but like this guy's kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like this weird like dichotomy where it's just like, all right, like we don't really know what's going on, but we fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? And and that that's kind of been the the staple of our careers. It's like we don't really get it, but it feels good. You know yeah. I, I, I love that. I love bands. You can't pigeonhole and you can't pigeonhole you guys. And, and, and that was the point from, from, from like I told Matt, I told Matt, I was like, yo, there's going to be a day. And you know, we, we did shit seven or eight warp tours, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we've done, I think we did two or three tours with you guys. And, um, you know, just like I said earlier, just bands that we didn't necessarily like, you know, it didn't make sense, but it, 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 it worked out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So like, I always told Matt McGinley, the drummer, gym class here, I was like, yo, like at the end of the day, when all this shit fizzles up and boils over this whole warp tour thing or this whole emo scene, whatever the fuck you want to call it, bro, like we're going to be good. Like we're going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Cause like they haven't, pigeonholed us they haven't put us in a fucking place you know people will say oh they're a rap rock band or the uh, it's like yo you listen to our albums it's like not really you know what i'm saying like i would say and i hate and i hate this comparison 
I hate this comparison. Like, it, I'm, I almost want to throw up just like saying this, but like, <laughs> you know, we get compared to like Limp Biscuit and oh. you know, bands that fucking, you know, like, oh, well, it's hip hop, but it's rock. Like, no, we're like, we're beyond that shit. Like, like we're all like weathered musicians. We're all, you know what I mean? Like, we all come from completely different back- backgrounds. It's not like we're trying to, like, I don't know, just perpetrate a fraud. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, Oh yeah, no, and I, I, I never, I never pegged you guys or, or even that rap rock is like the last thing yeah. I would, I would consider oh, you. Rock, rock. I just, oh, yeah, it was that be the last thing I would, yeah. I would uh, try to describe you guys I as. But early on, having a, I had a conversation with Vinny on your bus, and Vinny was like, "Hey, like, because I remember when, when we put out the Paper Cuts EP, you know, feel by you know the 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 artwork was like red and black. It was like they were trying to like." push up off push us off as this like emo rock rap or this emo rap band and Vinny was like yo like you don't gotta do that shit like bro like you can have you don't need it doesn't need, need to be like bloody and red and black like okay <laughs> like you're right you're absolutely right and you know me and Vinny connected on on another level because we were both into toys and like bright colors and you know just like we're both fucking grown-ass kids you know what I'm saying absolutely and, and when he told me that, I was just like, and, and that stayed with me like throughout my whole career. I was just like, yo, like you're you're absolutely right. We don't have to, you know, like cater to this scene. It, it's awesome that they accepted us, but we don't have to cater to it, and we don't have to do, you know what I mean, like what's expected of a, you know, an emo band or or whatever to 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 get these kids to like us. All they gotta do is see us play and and hear our music. You know what I'm saying? And um i'm kind of like trailing off here but but real talk that like having that conversation with Vinny like gave me like like superman powers i was like you're right like we can do what the fuck we want to do and 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 i expressed that to matt i was like yo like we can do whatever the fuck we want to do and 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 having that that i guess uh having having that uh that freedom freedom opens up a freedom for you absolutely and 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 man that happened on your bus like that ass <laughs> yeah, that's that's really really cool of you to uh to say thank you uh the the song is four minutes and two seconds and that struck me because that's not excruciatingly long for a song uh it's a typical three four minute radio song but this one goes by really fast the it song- does. like i i realized that like like well you know I'm, I'm obviously tired sick and tired of playing this shit but like <laughs> like it does go by fast, you know what I mean? It goes by really fast, but I feel like there's so much, um, I guess. Uh, well, there's a lot here, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 it, and it goes back to you saying that you studied uh, and really learned about song structure because mm-hmm. it's the way the song flows. And so uh, for our listeners, it starts off with the ba-ba-da-da, and that goes through five times. And then you're calling this the the verse, but I, I'm going to call it the first chorus. It's the first hook. Yeah, it's the, take a look at my girlfriend. She's yeah, the only yeah, one yeah. I got. Not much of a girlfriend. And what I was saying, Chris, was that that to, that's the that's the first verse in the song for uh, the Supertramp song. But oh, that, right, right. Like, to me, you know what I mean. Like it always yeah. sounds like a hook to me. Gotcha. Well, and and it 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 is it is the hook, and and I'm calling it just for our purposes here the, the chorus, and it only happens one time at the start, mm-hmm. and then we're into the first verse. Yeah, and yeah. The, the first verse. Um, goes on for 48 seconds, which that's, mm-hmm. that's a pretty long time for a verse, but it's just the way that you deliver this man. Like, yeah. you know, I always, 
when 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 rap started happening uh, in the '80s when I was growing up, and and a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of the rock guys I ran with, you know, they would say like, "Oh, those rappers, they they uh, you know, it's not talent; they're just talking this and that." And I would always mm-hmm. look at these guys and go, "You do it then." <laughs> you make it sound like run dmc you try to rap like eminem and see what it sounds up, like you you can't do it <laughs> and that shut that would shut people down immediately and you know something like this like if, if you said to me even as a parody hey chris you know go go in the vocal booth and, and try to recreate this song i just it's it's just a style a style that uh, that i don't do and, and it, it's just great and i want to talk about these lyrics now i want to get yeah. in get in here in the first verse uh it's been some time since we last spoke this mm-hmm. is going to sound like a bad joke yeah. but mama i fell in love again it's safe yeah. to say i have a new girlfriend <laughs> and i know it sounds so old but <laughs> cupid got me in a chokehold and i'm afraid yeah. i might give in towels on the mat my white flag is waving yeah. so that's half yeah. of the first verse and just up to there i, I want to ask is was this song about a love interest was it something autobiographical or was it something you made up so so i uh you know like uh i had met this girl and and I'll, I'll her name she knows who she is um and she we ended up like moving in together and uh so i'm i'm, I'm finishing up the paper cut chronicles at this time you know what i mean because this, this was literally the last song that we wrote for the paper cut chronicles and so and, and also like again the first song that we decide to mess with samples with on or whatever and i'm like all right well let me write this song about her because she's she's done so much for me and you know what i mean like and i really want i feel like she's she's owed it you know what i mean and i remember like you know sitting in the she would come in like what are you doing i'm like ah it's whatever i'm just writing some lyrics whatever but i just just like going back and 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 putting myself in a position where like hey I'm telling my parents, like, yo, like, I found this girl who's holding me down. Like, I've never been held down like this before. You know what I'm saying? I've never had, uh, you know, I've never been in a relationship situation where I've had someone who's so caring and so understanding about my situation as an artist. And, you know, I mean, you know this, you have to know this, like, like being a musician, like, it takes a certain type of fucking female to deal with what the fuck we do. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it takes a certain... And the, she was the first to, like, really understand it. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, the least I can do is write a song, you know, in, in like... It's kind of like my ode to Billy Joe, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you deserve this shit, you know? Yeah, no, and you you can you can tell you're smitten, you know, you're in love. Um, I love this this second half of the verse here, and I want to get into this. Uh, I mean, she even cooks me pancakes yeah. and an Alka Seltzer when my tummy aches. Yeah. And then I real real quick, I love this line because the delivery and the flow changes here. You sing this line: "If that yeah. ain't love, then I don't know what love is." And there's and there's the harmony on there too, which is beautiful. If that ain't love, then I don't know what love is. I had never, I had never been more. Uh, this, I, I, this was like the first song aside from "Viva the White Girl," where I've been this melodic. You know what I mean? Like it was just like I was just like I'm spitting. I'm, I'm a rapper. I'm a rapper. So like, like I gotta go hard. Blah blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, like. I don't necessarily need to like, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, I, I, I've been, 
you know, inspired by cats like Andre 3000, who like, you know, completely like, like realized at a point in his career, like, I don't gotta be the hardest rapper in the world to like make a great song. You know what I'm saying? And like, Oh, but man, that, that line right there, that's a hook within this, this verse. If I don't know, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> if that ain't love, then I don't know what love is. I don't know what love is. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, but, but real talk, like she literally like, like she took care of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially coming off tour, you know, you're all fucking downtrodden, fucking beat up. And I would come home and she would literally hold me down. You know what I mean? Like ground you. Absolutely. Completely ground me. And like, yeah. whether it was pancakes or, or scrambled eggs, like what do you need? What do you need? And like, and even Alka Seltzer, like, damn, I got a fucking, you know, like, I got like a motherfucker. She's like, oh, I'm Seltzer. Like, let's go. Like, no, nah, but you, man, you, you, you sold that line. Cause I mean, if you just look at that line on paper, I'm looking at it right now. It's funny. She cooks me pancakes <laughs> and Alka Seltzer in my tummy aches. You remind mm-hmm. eggs with cakes. It's great. And, but you, but just, but just sold it, you know, and yeah, just, yeah. just want to get into the last part of this verse before we get into the, uh, to the hook, the chorus again. Mm-hmm. Um, we even got a secret handshake and she yep. loves, she yeah, loves yeah. the music that my band makes. Yep. I know I'm young, but if I had to choose her on the, on the, on the sun, I'd be one nocturnal son of a gun. If I had to choose her, the son, I'd be one nocturnal son of a gun. (laughs) And 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 I remember great line writing that line, and I was like, "Damn, like I'm the fucking man." Like (laughs) (laughs) you should pat yourself on the back. That's a great line, man. That's a great line. (laughs) But like seriously, I had never, I had never been taken care of like that you know what i mean until recently like like i just got engaged in in uh july and like congratulations thank you i appreciate that man but like i had never been like i said earlier like it takes a specific type of female to understand what the fuck we go through you know what i mean and what the fuck we have to deal with and there's not a lot out there you know what i mean and she was the first one and you know now, luckily, I, I, I'm 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 engaged to someone who completely understands it. You know, shout out to 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 the girl who inspired this song because she understood it. You know, fucking what is this? Twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, like mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So like, fuck it, I'll say her name. Shout Alicia. Shout out to Alicia. She 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 made this song happen. Yeah, and and when you're in love, man, and it comes from the heart. Uh, that's why you can you can sing lines such as pancakes and Alka Seltzer and it works. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean I mean that I mean that with all my heart, man. You you can sing it with conviction and mean it. It doesn't come off contrived. Sure. Um, those those are some some f- funny but but poignant lyrics that everyone mm-hmm. you know can, you can relate to when you're in love like that. We get into the second chorus. It's a double chorus now. Yeah. Um, same chorus as at the top, but but it, but it's doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then we get into uh, uh, the second verse, which mm-hmm. is 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 the same length as the first verse. And mm-hmm. I want to I want to I want to break down these lyrics now. Um, it's been a while since we talked last, and I'm trying hard not to talk fast. I'm talking to talk my father now. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's a, it, mother, like, it says, yeah. but Dad, I'm finally thinking I may have found the one type of girl that will make you way proud of your son. And I know you heard the last song about the girls that didn't last long, but I promise this is on a whole new plane. I can tell by the way she says my name. That is like, (laughs) it's awesome. You know, like, like going back and, 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 you know, like revisiting all this shit. Like I, I, it literally shoots me right back to like being in this, we had this tiny ass apartment. We, it was a, 
it was kind of like a half house, you know, like there was a family below us and we lived in this apartment uh, on the top. And I remember being in a living room, like, like sussing all these lyrics out. And, uh, you know, it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to write a letter to my, to my mother. Then I'm going to write a letter to my father. But like, you know, keeping, like, like you said, you know, like the, the verses are the same length and that that's just me, like finally kind of understanding how these pop formats go. You know what I mean? And, and I want to I want to ask you about that because it's a very interesting way you went about structuring this song from from who you were directing it to. Where did it come that you wanted to address your parents in this? Was that to get their approval or tell them that hey, your son's okay, he's in love? It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't this like the the, the parent aspect that was kind of just like a, a conceptual thing where I was just like, you know what, like like I want to express my love for this girl, but I I want to know that like. I'm talking to my parents about how much I love you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Like, and uh, so, like I said, early, you know, the first verse I talk, I, I'm talking to my mother. Second verse, I'm talking to my father. And, but at the end of the day, they, they were both in love with her. You know what I'm saying? Because she, they knew how much she took care of me. You know what I'm saying? Made and, you happy. Oh, super happy. And, and yeah, man, it, 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 like, so going into the second verse, talking to my dad, because my, my dad is, he's been my superhero my entire life. So now it's just like, all right, now I got to get super real. Like me and my mom haven't had the best relationship, like throughout my, uh, my, my formative years or whatever. But, um, me and my dad have always been tight knit, you know what I'm saying? Like, That's awesome. That's awesome. So like going into the second verse, I was like, all right, now I got to really explain this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really have to explain this shit. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the last half of the second verse now. Um, I love it when she calls my phone. She even got her very own ringtone. And then, and then that line comes in. This is the third stanza, exactly yeah. where it is in the first verse. If yeah. that ain't love, then I don't know what love is. And that's really besides the, the chorus of the song, the hook. Um, that's the only line that repeats itself in the song. Mm-hmm. Do you remember whose call that was? Was that the a producer's call or yours to get that lyric back in? Because again, the hook that that in and of itself is that line is as important to the chorus as me in the song. That was me. That was me. That was it. Was it was, it was it was kind of just like a throwback to the, the to the first verse. You know what I mean? Like a throwback, but like also like I wanted to make it punch through more than the first verse did. You know what I'm saying? Like. But, yeah, um, well, you know, when I go and listen to, to, to the songs when I do when I do the show, um, mm-hmm. I listen to it a bunch. And man, I woke up in the middle of the night last night pissing, and that's the line I'm singing. It's not the take a look at my girlfriend. <laughs> it's it's that it's that line. It's it, it's so catchy and it's so good. And uh, it, it was I think the right call to to have it in there twice. Um, we we wrap up the verse by saying it's going to be a long drive home, but I know as mm-hmm. soon as I arrive home. And I open the door, take off my coat, and throw my bag on the floor. She'll be back into my arms once more for sure. For Why? sure, like you, and and I'm sure you know that feeling, like when you get home, you know, to the one you love, and you throw your fucking, you throw your all your dirty your laundry, stinky laundry on the floor, on the floor, and, <laughs> and give her a hug for the first time after being on the road for six months, and, and it's just that 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 moment. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that. Anyone who hasn't uh, experienced this tour, touring life would never understand. And I know you understand it 100%. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to explain to people that, that haven't done it for as long as we have what, it, what it's what it's like. You know, when you when you start to explain it too far, they like, oh, you rock star, quit complaining. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's like, a it's different. 
rug, like six months on the road and then coming home and, 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 you know what I mean? Like, especially, and, and, and having that person being at home for those six months, holding everything down for you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the least I can do is give you the biggest hug I could possibly give you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, I'd like to talk about, we get into the, the, uh, what I'm calling chorus three now, cause the song yeah. essentially starts with a chorus and this is a, yeah. a double, a double, a double chorus again. Yeah. And, um, then we get into, to what I, I'm calling the bridge. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm calling yeah. it a bridge and not a third verse because the delivery melody and flow are different than the first two verses. And this is almost my, my, my favorite part of the song because you, you take on a little more of a serious tone in terms oh, for of sure. for sure. Like my, I feel, I feel like my whole tone, like you it, said, my whole tone changes. Like, it all right, does. Now, like shit's serious now, you know? Yeah. Like, you're, you're driving the point home. Like you, you explain the song, you talk about your mom and dad, what she means to you, et cetera. But now it's like, this is some real shit. That's what I feel when I, when I hear this part. Right. This is what, this is what made me write those two first verses, you know, or, or, or the, the two verses like. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's what I get from it. I love the way your tone changes here and, and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do four lines at a time. Um, she's got a smile that would make the most senile, annoying old man bite his tongue. And then I'm not done. She's got eyes comparable to sunrise and it doesn't stop there. Man, I swear. <laughs> She's got a smile that'll make the most senile annoying old man bite his tongue. I'm not done. She's got eyes comparable to sunrise and it doesn't stop there. Man, I swear. She's got porcelain skin, of course she's a tin. And now she's So that's like it's literally like driving the point through, you know what I'm saying? Like like alright, I talked to my mom, talked to my dad, but now it's like this is exactly why I wrote those first two verses. You know what I'm saying? Like, Do you remember if there was any, you know, talk from the production team, uh, Sam Hollander and Dave Katz, did they, did they ever get into the lyrical content here? Do you remember no, that there being no. any changes or was this what you wrote? Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. From easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with a Spotify Canvas generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash demakes.
lyric like lyrically nothing ever changed like um shout out to sam and dave uh you know what i'm saying or sluggo as he goes by mm-hmm. but um you know like it was more so like how can we make this song sound bigger you know what i mean um and not that i i didn't feel like after we recorded with doug white shout out doug white at watchman um i felt the song was fucking done you know what i'm saying but like you know we got upstream to atlantic and they wanted to put out so we you, you know we shot two videos for this song as well I, like, cor- yeah i do i do and and of course the the version that i'm talking about the the one that blew up um you know it, it is definitely a lot like the first one but there's those production elements and those exactly. little the, the female backing vocals and stuff that just you know what that is right the take a look at my and it's like girlfriend girlfriend so that's actually pebbles she had a song called girlfriend really so so la reed's wife pebbles was she was an r&b artist back in the day i'm totally familiar yeah so she had a song called girlfriend and that's where the girlfriends come from take a look at my girlfriend girlfriend like on the second version and that came from pebbles song so like again um, another another hook in the song it's just another it's another hook exactly so 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 sam and dave were like really really genius as far as the radio edit of the song beyond that sam and i also had a huge love for 90s r&b like you know what i mean we 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 both had like a huge love for for 90s r&b so like he was like yo like you know remember that song uh girlfriend by pebbles i was like yeah i was like or he was like, yo, why, why don't we add some elements from that? I was like, okay, cool. That's So that's where the girlfriend, girlfriend comes uh-huh. from. That's Pebbles singing that. That's Ellie Reed's wife, which I thought was going to make shit way more troublesome as far as like clearance. You know what I mean? Like, because we went through all, bro, we <laughs> dealing with fucking uh, Roger Hodson from, from, from Super Tramp. Bro, like I swear my hand to God. One of the biggest songs Jim Class has had but one of the biggest fucked up situations we ever had to deal with ever. <laughs> well, re- real quick, re- real quick. Speaking of how big the song, the video, um, and and I was the nine hundred and forty third. I'm going to let you know, Travi. Um, it has ninety nine million two hundred forty nine thousand nine hundred forty nine million. Yes, nine hundred nine. Yeah. 249,943 views as of last night, about seven twelve PM when I last looked at it. That's OD. I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah and and in comparison okay and this isn't a knock on my band uh our, my band's biggest song on youtube uh has uh 5.5 million views which is nothing to sneeze at but buddy this song uh that's insane you're almost at 100, 100 999 million 900 <laughs> no 99 million none wait Run, run, run that back one more time. Ninety nine million two hundred and forty nine thousand nine hundred forty three million. Jesus yep. H Macy, I had no clue, Chris. Like I had no, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, that's my job. I researched. You don't have to sit there and look at how many YouTube views you had. I did it for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's continue down this this bridge that I love. Um, she's got yeah. porcelain skin, of course. Oh, she's a ten, yeah. she and now real. and now she's even got her own song. But moving yeah. on, she's got the cutest laugh I ever heard, and we can be on the phone for three hours, not saying one word. Yeah. 
And I would still cherish every moment. And when I start mm-hmm. to build my future, she's the main component. Call mm-hmm. it dumb, call it luck, call it love, or whatever you call it. But everywhere I go, I keep her picture in my wallet, like here. Oh, and, and you know what? When <laughs> I, I, I remember the first time after you know after the song had kind of like you know built its fucking you know like it it, it grounded itself. But I remember when. The first time we we did a radio show and I was like, everywhere I go, I keep it. Yo, the entire crowd was just, I literally didn't have to say anything. They were just like, everywhere I go, I keep a picture in my wallet. Like, yo, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, for some reason, that line in particular just connected with, with females. Like, and, and I'm completely like gratuitous. Like, at the time when I wrote it, it was just like, I mean, it was real talk. Like I kept her picture in my wallet everywhere I went. You know what I'm saying? Like um, it, it made yeah, uh, women's hearts swoon. You just ah, uh. <laughs> it's and 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 that's it's a it's a great line. Chivalry, chivalry is not going, bro. Not. <laughs> um, we we get into the the chorus number four, and you know by this time, um, the 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 song you you've heard this now. This is the fourth time. It's a double chorus. Um, after the first time it goes through, it starts fading by the second chorus. And then you start to hear the, it come back for a third time, but all you hear is take a look at my girlfriend. And that's the last thing you hear is it fades down. And, and, and that was, that was like meticulously plotted out. It was like, all right, well, how are we going to end this? It was like, yo, it has to be like this. You know what I I'm think saying? I I think the chorus on on paper, looking at it, if I were to produce it, I might have been been like, oh, you have to really hit it here four times at the end, but yeah. it's perfect. It leaves what I always say. It leaves the listener wanting more. You want to rewind it, and listen to it again. And, and and my like, and once I started really studying uh, pop music, or not, not 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 necessarily pop music, but like starting or you know like studying structure, I was like, yo, like like. You give the listener A and C and and leave them wanting to know what the fuck B is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I've used that. I've used that. Uh, I guess that 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 thought process on a lot of songs that have been successful. You know what I mean? Like, so, so what was it like? Because you sat on this song for a couple years. It was, co- of course, mm-hmm. on 2005's the, the Paper Cut uh, Chronicles, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you played it. You had fans that liked it. You were out playing it live, mm-hmm. and then it then it was suggested to, to redo it. And yeah. and and were you surprised at how it blew up? For so, a second time, did that did that shock you? Well, here's the thing. After we recorded it, like I was like, "Yo, this song is special." You know what I mean? Like I knew the minute after after recorded after we recorded it with Doug. You did. We, you did know. Okay. Absolutely. Like like we listened to it a gazillion times. I was like, "Yo, like one, not is this only like one of the the most like straight like formatted pop songs we've ever written." it's going to connect with people. Like I felt it, you know what I mean? And, uh, I guess going into when Atlantic suggested that we do another version or another version, you know, with, with, you know, like, like I said, bells and whistles and, and, and all that shit. I was just like, well, I'm down, but like, as long as it makes me feel as proud as I felt when we did the original, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? But like a lot of people don't realize is that like how this song blew up, like, so the original version, there there was a radio station 
in Milwaukee. And I can't remember the exact station. I and sorry because they literally gave us a whole career. But um, they were playing that song like every hour on the hour. You know what I mean? The original version. And the, like the numbers they got from that, people started noticing. Like, oh shit! Like, like what is this song? You know what I'm saying? And, and so I got to give full props and respect to that radio station Milwaukee for real for real because they like they they were on it like quicker than anybody else yeah and, um, so you know when when it when Atlantic approached us about like doing another version like in another video all that shit and I was and not only that but like putting it on our second album again I, first it sounded weird to me I was like why would we put a put a song from our you know our, our our debut album on our second album and it started to make sense once i realized how big this song was you know well I mean? and and they were going to give it a push that the first the first the, the first time it didn't didn't have that push and and uh it, it's so it, it's so great that you were open to that as a young artist a lot of guys are like no way man that was on a record and they and they would fight it and the fact that you were open to it kudos to you um, what were those, those years like, uh, 2006, seven, eight, when, when you could not escape this song, you're getting on the airplane, you hear it, you're yeah. in a restaurant, you hear it, you're, you're at the uh-huh. dentist office, you hear it. What, yeah. would, what did that feel like? It, it, I mean, you feel like you arrived, you know what I'm saying? And, and, but not to be confused with, you made it feeling like you arrived, feeling, feeling like you've arrived as an artist is one thing. But feeling like you've made it is another thing. And like, oh, sure, sure. You know what I'm saying like, I, and I to this day I don't feel like I've made it, and and I don't ever want to feel like I've made it because that's when people get lazy and and just, oh, I'll just put whatever, whatever the fuck out because I've made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, um, it's a great attitude to have. And you know, so yeah, so with that said, like you know, yeah, I, I would like I said, you know, there'd be people behind me like, motherfuckers, but like you know, like when we put the second video out. With the you know with the radio edit, shit got crazy, crazy, Chris, like crazy, crazy. I know it did. <laughs> I saw you around that time, and 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 I I saw how you were getting tugged in a million different ways, oh, and and shit, man, like I've seen that happen, and I've talked about it on uh, on other shows, uh, uh, on the podcast about uh, my friends getting getting that. You're in the stratosphere, man, and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a different world. Everyone wants a piece of you. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everyone wants to interview you. Nope. Um, and uh, you know, you I, I thought you handled it uh, as best as one could. I tried to. I tried to. <laughs> hey. We just got thrown into this pop world, like literally, like, like we wrote this song that connected with people. And now we're in the pop world. Now I have to be as real as possible because, like, like I don't know how to deal with all this attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know how to deal with it. So I've always been an open book. Like, I've always been an open book. You know, whether it's, it's uh, you know, like dealing with uh, addiction or, or whatever. Like, I've been super, super, like, you know, transparent about my story and, and, and my truth and, and, you know what I'm saying? Like what I've dealt with, mm-hmm. um, you know, being thrown into this world where I, I don't know how to navigate and <clears throat> kind of just being like told like, Hey, you know, just be honest. Like, well, I can do that. Like, <laughs> like, like I can do that all day. You know what I mean? But Cupid's was definitely my first taste of being in a situation where 
people really, really appreciate your artistry, you know what I'm saying? And they, they appreciate like what you're saying. And um, so I just try to keep it real as possible. You know what I'm saying? So every interview yeah. we did, like, yo, this, is, this, yeah, this song is real, you know, like, like I wrote this about a female who, who changed my life beyond that. Like, I feel like there couldn't have been a better song uh, for 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 people to to appreciate gym class, you know what I mean? Like you know, with Taxi Driver, it was like, oh, people, oh, well, they're they're obviously in the scene, they understand, you know, like like that whole emo shit, like yeah, oh, he's name dropping all these emo bands, blah blah. And it wasn't about that; it was more about like, hey, like all these emo bands have all these strange ass fucking names that could make song make sense in a song. So I, I took them all and, and, and made it a cohesive story. But I feel like like Cuba's chokehold showed them that like, all right, these motherfuckers aren't playing. You know what I mean? Like they're they're Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a different animal. And and we're gonna wrap up here in a minute. I just want to say that uh man, when this hit, I, I was proud of you guys. I was proud of you. And I was I, and man, my my band was so happy for you. We were we were rooting for you all the way. And I uh you know, and, and, and here you are in 2020, you're still here, you're still doing it. Um, mm-hmm. want you to leave the listeners right now with, uh, anything you've got going on solo gym class heroes, uh, plug, plug away. So, so like real talk and, and, and it's almost, it's almost a little sad to me. Um, gym class heroes is kind of defunct at the moment. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna keep it a hundred. Like I like, that's what I do. I, I just keep it completely real. Like, there was some some Yoko Ono type situations going on <laughs> within the band, and uh, we 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 had to lay it to rest. Like we had to lay it to rest for the time being. You know what I'm saying? And okay. I'm hopeful, and I'm and I, I know for a fact that like when it's time, uh, gym class heroes will be back, and and I hope our fans understand that. But um, you know, it, it, I mean, it happens. You know what I mean? And I never thought it happened to me, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Matt and I literally have spent more than half of our lives building this brand. I don't, I don't even want to say brand cause I feel like it cheapens it, but like building this band, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like we literally had to take a break. Um, we started off, we went down to Nashville to record a couple demos and shit got kind of, it got weird, uh, with the, the whole Yoko Ono situation. And, so so I decided fuck it like I'm not like like I was so stoked on what we were doing in Nashville. I was like I'm not just going to let this shit fall to the wayside. So I literally almost went broke finishing this record. So with that said, like I I, I literally said fuck it. If I got to come out of pocket cuz Atlantic was like at the point they were just like all right, they gave us I'm not going to get into numbers or anything, but they gave sure. us a lot of money. And we went down there. They weren't really feeling what we were doing. I was completely stoked. And, uh, you know, like shit kind of went sour gym class. So I said, fuck it. Like, like if I got to go broke to to see this record get finished, that's what I got to do. You know what I mean? So I decided to fucking follow through like like I always do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm not the type to to half-ass anything. You know what I mean? So I decided to say, fuck it, like, this would just be my next solo record. So um, shout out to Matt from Gym Class. He played drums on every every song on the, on, on the record, pretty much. Um, shout out to my man, Jared Kurtstein, who uh, produced, like, co-produced the whole record with me. 
So we decided to say, fuck it, let's just finish this record and put it out as a Travi record. So um, right now, uh, the record's pretty much finished. Do you have a release date? Uh, no, no release date yet. But I just I I got out of my I got out of my contract with Atlantic and Electra, like FBR, like I, I feel like a free bird. Uh, literally, just I don't know if I should say this. Actually, I can say this now because I just signed the paperwork yesterday and it's finalized. But uh, I signed a deal with Hopeless Records. Shout out to Lewis and shout out to my man Tobin, um, who really really believe in this record and um, it's gonna be a beautiful it's gonna be a beautiful twenty twenty one for me like and i'm stoked you know what i mean um Good so we got a record called well i have a record called never slept better coming out um next year um we'll have probably have a, a a single out in february hopefully and some visuals but the album's called never slept better executive produced by jerry critz and myself and i i couldn't be more stoked man i think you guys are gonna be super 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 like what the fuck is this and 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 that's like like when i get that look from i've i've always gauged our albums by how my friends react you know what i mean yeah that's a good way because they're not gonna bullshit you never never and and i've never got a better reaction from a body of work than i've got from this so like and I'm not, that's not to, to suck my own dick on, on your podcast, but like, <laughs> like I, I, I really, <laughs> thanks for I really, the visual. <laughs> I really think people are going to be, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like that tool, uh, that, that the cover of that tool album. Remember that shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dying. But like, I really, I really think people are going to enjoy this shit, man. Like, and I feel like Nashville, like, like being in Nashville and, 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 working with Jared, who I've, I've worked with for the past 12 years, it, it pulled something out of me and it set a fire to my ass. And I feel like this album is going to really, really re- connect with a lot of people. You know what I mean? A lot of people. That's and- awesome, man. Well, hey, I, I, I'm I looking forward to hearing it. I know the listeners are are as well. And uh, I just I, I want to thank you for, for taking the time out and and, uh, and talking to me today and talking about Cupid's Chokehold. It was, a, it was an awesome uh, story. Come on, man. You don't got to thank me for anything. It's it's just good to talk to you again, man. It's been a long ass time, you know? It, it's good to talk to you, and uh, thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song and bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is Dead Rituals from Naples, Italy. The band consists of Andrea Cassis on guitar and vocals, Britta Penfold on vocals and keys, Stefano Granato on bass, Guido Minervini on guitar, and Mattia Santangelo on the drums. You can find them online at Instagram and their music on Spotify and Bandcamp. Here's a snippet of their song, Broken Memories.
The Wrap with Chris and Chris. Well, that was a really fun and interesting conversation about an enormous song from about a decade ago. That was really cool, man. Yeah, I loved how surprised he was about the uh, 99 plus million views. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, he was so freaked out. He was like, 999 million? I'm like, nah, not quite a billion, Travi. Not quite a billion. Yeah, but he has another song. The song with Adam Levine has half a billion. So he he wasn't that far off. Uh, yeah, what a nice guy. He's always been a nice guy. You and I both have ties to them, whether it was Fueled by Ramen or Less Than Jake Tours. Uh, so we all kind of have that connection to each other. I've known him for a long time. You you introduced me to him and when we first got on here. He's like, yeah, I know Chris. Like, yeah, we know each other. Played some shows on the same label. In fact, dude's pretty crazy. When Paper Cut Chronicles came out, uh, Punchline had a song called, has a song called Heart Transplant. And they they paid to remix heart transplant and include it on a, it was a bunch of fueled by ramen bands, but on a CD that came with that CD. Uh, and it was a really cool remix too. So, uh, yeah, we go way back and I loved that conversation, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to catch up with Travi. He's, uh, always been, always been a dear friend. And, uh, I meant what I said, man, they were, they were a tough band to pigeonhole. What an interesting band. Like he said, I think he referred to them as mutts. You know, you had these different, different races, uh, of people in the band and just all different stylistically, uh, coming from different places and it, it just somehow worked. That's what's so cool about bands. Right. And I liked how you talked about when he first heard the song, you know, he knew it was special and any of us would have listened to that song and knew it was special right off the bat. There are so many catchy elements of that song that I don't even know where to start. Yeah. The ba-da-da-da. Yeah. Like, of course that is catchy. Of course the Super Tramp sample sung by Patrick Stump is catchy. And then the, if (laughs) you talked about the, if that ain't love, then I don't know what love is. That's so catchy. I mean, the pebbles girlfriend part. I mean, it goes on and on. And, and then like I had made mention of, uh, his tone and his delivery changes during that bridge. Um, yeah which is needed. It needs the departure, but it's not really a departure. It feels like the verse. And I was like, what's going on here? He just changes. He's driving what he said, the point home of those first two verses. I I love that bridge. Yeah. The bridge is awesome. And we didn't talk about catchy and talk about memorable moments from that song. I mean, pretty much every lyric in the verse could be a memorable thing from, you know, talking about pancakes to, uh, you know, her. Yeah. And then he brought up the, and I remember that. I remember the crowd doing that when we played a show with them, the, the line about the picture in his wallet. Like, of course you could just stop the music right there and the crowd can just sing that line. Uh, and then just go right back into the chorus, man. It's just, uh, pretty much a perfect pop song from start to finish. It is. And it's not surprising, like I said, that it's autobiographical because he was really feeling this, you know, to be able to sing some of those lines like pancakes and Alka-Seltzer and have it be sold with conviction. Uh, if you made up a song like that, it uh, might come off as goofy, but uh, man, I, I, I can feel it when he sings it. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, you could tell it comes from the heart. Like you're right. You could easily write the cheesiest song in the world about how in love you are with somebody. But the fact that this was about a real person who he even called out by name. That was pretty cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So 
uh, Alicia, I think was her name. She has to feel pretty good about the fact that this enormous song that will uh, live on probably after us <laughs> uh, is about her. That has to be a pretty cool feeling. I wish somebody would write a song about me <laughs> like this. <laughs> Maybe I will, Chris. Maybe yeah, I that will. Would, that would be really sweet. You were Travi. <laughs> That's who I want. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was it was great. I haven't talked to him. I, I want to say I saw him at a festival maybe three or four years ago, but it's been a minute since we, co- we uh, caught up together and uh, it was great talking to him. Hell yeah, man. It's great talking to Travi. It's also great talking about Travi. And I could talk to you about Travi for hours, but I think we have something important that we should talk about as well. We do, Chris. This month's fundraiser is Keep Abreast Foundation. Uh, I've known the Keep Abreast people for some time, less than Jake met them on the Warped Tour years ago. A wonderful, wonderful organization. Uh, Their mission is to empower young people around the world with breast health education and support. This is a great, uh, great cause, folks. So please head over to KristaMakesADifference.com. If you can give anything to support this month's fundraiser, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody that hasn't had someone close to them affected by breast cancer. So I think this is a great and worthy cause at KristaMakesADifference.com. Even if you can contribute a buck or two or more, it's the holiday season and it would be greatly appreciated. I'm sure of that. Yeah, thank you so much for what whatever you can give. It's been a tough year for a lot of folks, a tough year for uh, charitable organizations to get donations with everything going on. And uh, it's getting close to the holidays too. We know money's tight for some use, so whatever you could give we'd appreciate and uh, december's shaping up to be a big month chris hell yeah it is man i got a lot i got a lot going on i like to keep busy and i'm i'm, I'm definitely keeping busy haven't done uh, hardly the amount of shows that uh, i would have liked to this year considering everything that's going on I haven't played a show since february 28th but i'm doing three outdoor solo shows in the state of Florida. Uh, These are all free, which is the best price. They're all outdoors. Uh, The first one is Christmas night, Friday, December 25th at the Celtic Ray in Punta Gorda, Florida. That's 21 and up. On Saturday, December 26th, I'll be in Jupiter, Florida at Guanabanas. Uh, That show starts at 9 p.m. and that show is also 21 up. Uh, And uh, on the 27th, uh, Sunday, it's a late matinee show starting at 4 p.m. I'll be at the Tide House in Stewart, Florida, All of these shows, again, are outdoors. They are free, and I'll be performing with my Let's Go Solo touring partner, Mr. JT Turret. so we hope to see some of you there. Uh, Tomorrow, my first book ever comes out, Blast from the Past, on Smart Punk Records. I am super excited. Tons of stuff to go along with the book. I got uh, a couple songs I wrote uh, uh, for the book specifically. Uh, There's a calendar, a poster, a bookmark, all kinds of cool stuff, and T-shirts. You can go to Krista Makes a Book com to check that out and this friday the new less than jake album silver linings is finally released we've been sitting on this one for a while we're so stoked to have you hear it uh, in conjunction with the album release we are doing a live stream that night live from gainesville florida at 6 p.m uh go to less than jake.com for uh, all ticket info for that hell yeah man that's awesome hey if people watch your live stream maybe after when they're all psyched up, they can go on Amazon Prime and watch the Punchline Music Special right after. They, if they want to. If they want to. They could they, <laughs> they could do that. They could even watch it before as a warm-up. Whatever they want to do. But you should definitely <laughs> check out the Punchline Special as well. Yeah, it's free if you have Amazon Prime. So you might as well just just watch it all the time. It should just always be on. It, <laughs> like like in the background, like The Office or something. That's right. And if you don't find out, uh, you know, find out a neighbor or someone that has Amazon Prime. You can uh, get their password to their account, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Rock on. Well, hey, thanks to uh, Travi McCoy for a wonderful episode today. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you next week.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping Helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there.